I'm going to spend just a few moments talking about corporate, uh, a corporate vision, and then I want to talk to you about your individual uh, vision for yourself for the remainder of the message this morning. I'm not going to go into a, a whole bunch of detail about the corporate vision because uh, that would take the entire uh, time that I have this morning. But let me just say this. It's going to remain the same as it's been over the last eight years. And that's to be a source of strength individually, locally, and globally. And uh, we want to be a source of strength to you relationally, spiritually. Uh, we want to encourage you and lift you up. Last year, as we mentioned over the past few weeks, um, we gave $187,000 uh, to individuals, uh, locally based um, uh, programs and organizations that help people. And then obviously globally, uh, we, we gave a lot to them as well. There's 150 orphans in Guatemala uh, that eat every single week because of you guys, because of you. And uh, you need to feel good about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so that's, that's going to remain our, our corporate uh, vision. Um, almost attached to that or tied to that, bolted onto that, is what our anthem was last year, where all of us invite, engage, and give. Uh, all week long, we're looking for somebody to invite to church. Um, it is our number one assignment here on earth. It's our number one assignment. There is nothing we will do that is more important than that. And then we want to get engaged. Um, you know, the people that are engaged, they show up 10 or 15 minutes early or they stay 10 or 15 minutes late and um, they, they serve, they lock arms. We've got about 400, actually, let me think. Uh, Sarah here, she came to the first service. She's so much smarter than I am. She's the chief of staff. Do you know, Jessica, how many people are on our dream team? 400? Wow. Uh, we've got about 400 people on our dream team that uh, show up a little bit early or stay a little bit late and help celebration run, which is awesome. We want you to be a part of it. That's called the engage. And then we give generously. All of us give generously. That's what we're going to do this year. We're going to continue to say laser focused. We're not going to come up with a new vision every single year. We're just going to get better at executing it. Someone say, I got that. I got that. Now, for you as an individual, I feel like there's, uh, there's three things that I want to share with you. And they're not New Year's resolutions, okay? Uh, they're decisions. Massive difference between a New Year's resolution and a decision, okay? Uh, I, I recently saw a list of popular New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go down them real quick. Number five um, is to finish a stick of chapstick, has anyone here ever finished a stick of chapstick? I've been using beeswax for like 10 years. I've never gotten to the bottom of one of them. I don't know. Number four, stop putting butter on my donuts. I'm not saying I do this. I'm just saying I saw this on the internet. Number three, refuse to text someone who's in the same room I am in. Have you ever done that? Especially like if you're sitting in a meeting at work and you're going to text somebody and then isn't it strange that you just stare at them until they look at their phone? Uh, number two, I will stop sending emails to my spouse. <laughs> I don't, do you think that's not connected? I thought that was hilarious. I live with my wife and I shoot her emails. It's crazy. All right. Number one, 
I will cut back on texting LOL. <laughs> Is there any LOL addicts here? You're always LOLing? All right. Some of you are like, I don't know what that means. I just found out last week, so don't feel bad. Um, but this, is, this isn't New Year's resolutions. These are decisions. Okay? A resolution is a goal. Uh, a decision is when you flip the switch. You are no longer going to do this, or you are going to start doing that. There's three things I'd like to challenge all of us to do. And the first one is this, to influence my friends and family. To influence them. Now, watch this. Uh, All of us have had somebody in our life, at least once, say, I wish I knew what God wants me to do. Has anyone ever said that? Uh, I, I wish, have you heard anyone ever say, I wish I knew what God's plan for me was? Well, I'm going to answer that so that the next time somebody says that to you, you got it, you're, you're ready. You're like, bam, you're ready to go. Here it is. God's plan for you is the same plan that he has for me, the same plan that he had for his disciples, the same plan he had for all the people that he spoke to over 2,000 years ago when he walked on the earth. All of our plan is the same. Let me read it to you. Uh, It reads like this, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. The very first thing on hello, when Jesus showed up at 30 years old and he's ready to do his ministry, he said this, follow me, I'm going to teach you how to bring people to me. For three years he did that. That's how he said hello. This is how he said goodbye when he ascended to heaven. This is how he said goodbye. It sounds like this. Therefore, go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey all, not just the ones they like, all the commandments I have given you. So when he shows up, he says, I want you to teach people about me. Then he's leaving and he says, I want you to teach people about me. Your assignment, my assignment, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 24-7, is to influence our friends and family for the Lord. Influence them, to invite them to church, to draw them to church. In 2017, I almost said 16, but in 2017... We have a lot of undercover Christians. Christians, but they don't want to tell anybody. They just want to ride under the radar. I understand why. I'm not going to chase that rabbit, but I understand why. But here's what we've got to do. If they're a friend of yours, if they're in a family, if they live down the street, they work down the hall, the office down the hall, invite them. Watch this. The enemy does not care what you do for living. He doesn't care. If you work at a snow cone stand or if, if, you, are, if you own your own business, if you're a secretary, it doesn't, he does not care what you do for living. But what he wants is for what you do for living to provide for your family to consume you. He wants it to consume you. Why? If it consumes you, You will not do what God has called you to do. 
He wants it to consume you. The person who wrote more than half of the New Testament is a guy by the name of Paul. Paul was a business owner. He was the CEO of a business. He made tents. Now, for some of you, you might think, ah, that's a, that's a, a lousy job. No, 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 no. When everybody's living in tents, that's an awesome business zone. He made tents. Do you know that the enemy would have been thrilled if he would have backed up and said, I'm going to have the biggest tent business in all of Israel. I'm going to have the biggest tent business in all of Corinth. Corinth. I'm going to have the biggest tent business in all of Rome. I am going to come up with a tent. You can unzip it and it's a window. You can look at the stars while you're laying it. Just be consumed with tents. Because then he would have never done his assignment, which included writing half of the New Testament. The Lord has given you a job to make money, to provide for your family. And it is so important that you are excellent at that job because you are a steward of what he's given you. And a lot of people are depending on you. It's important that you are excellent at that job. But to equal to equal importance it cannot distract you from your number one assignment number one hands down the only reason why you didn't say the prayer Jesus I love you and then right away he goes rips you out of the earth and you spend eternity in heaven the minute you say that prayer is because he wants you to bring people to him all businesses are the same to him snow cone stand hewlett packard they're all the same to him it's just a job for you to provide for your family some jobs you provide some jobs provide filet mignon other jobs provide hamburgers at the end of the day when you're 90 years old you're not going to give a rip the only thing you're going to wonder is did i live my best God. That's the only thing you're going to care about. That's the only thing you're going to care about. So this is what I want to challenge everybody to do starting in February, in the first week of February. I want everyone here to lead a life group. Now watch this. Can everybody lead one? Yes! Why? Why, why, why? Because you can lead it anytime you want and the only thing you got to have is you plus two. So you and two friends at work meet for lunch every other week. You, two friends from work, meet at 5.30 in the morning and have a Bible study. You got two options. You can have a traditional one or you can open up your laptop and have a media streaming one. It only needs to last a half an hour and you only need to do seven. Take a look at this. I think I say it better through the video. Watch this. Hello, Celebration Church. At Celebration, we know life change happens in life groups. In 2017, life groups are going to an exciting new level. I want to challenge you to lead a life group this semester. We have two amazing tracks to choose from, so you can find the track that best suits your leadership and lifestyle. Option one is the traditional life group. These groups meet in homes around the city, 
and are based on the sermon shared each Sunday here at Celebration. We include a thought-provoking, life-giving discussion guide to help you grow in your walk. I lead a group just like this one every semester. Option two, and debuting this semester, you can now lead a streaming curriculum-based life group. We have hundreds of well-known Christian authors and teachers to choose from. Real-life topics for every season of life. Through Right Now Media, you can find a subject that interests you. Circle your friends around your iPad or TV and just push play. Let Tony Evans, Francis Chan, Mark Batterson, and many others help you lead a life group right from your living room. This resource is cutting edge technology for equipping believers and it's as easy to use as Netflix. I want to personally challenge you to lead a life group, traditional or streaming. Go to the Celebration app or website and just click on the link and tell us yes, I'll lead a life group and which track you prefer, traditional or streaming. We'll give you the next steps from there. Don't wait for someone else to do something to help make the kingdom of heaven stronger this year. You be the change, be the bridge, be the partner the Holy Spirit needs in your circle of influence. Lead a life group this year. Life groups do not start until the first week of February. So you have a month to figure out the details. What do you want to meet at 4 a.m.? Do you want to meet at 4 p.m.? It's whatever you want. You want to meet on Saturdays, Mondays, Tuesdays. It doesn't matter. You got four, you got four weeks to figure out the details. What we need to know is, are you in? That's it. And, and this is how you say, I'm in. You take your phone right in front of you. In the app, in the center of the navigation at the very bottom is connect. You hit connect. Another screen comes up. You hit life group, and then you fill out those fields. We will contact you and find out what is convenient for you. We train you, all that kind of stuff. We make it easy. Here's the thing I want to say. Does the person that you meet with, maybe your life group is just one person. Maybe your life group is two people. Maybe your life group is three people. It's only seven meetings for the semester every other week, seven times. Do they have to go to Celebration Church? No. Watch this. I don't care if they don't ever come to Celebration. I don't care. This is why I'm pushing this. When I stand before God and he judges me on how well I did as a pastor, at the top of the list is going to be, did I equip the saints for the work of the ministry? At the top of the list, I need to be able to say, our church, every single one of them, they all had their own ministry. Some of them had two people in it. Some of them had one person in it. Some of them had seven people in it. Some of them had six people in it. But they had an assignment. Sometimes they were meeting with somebody who already knew you, and they were just encouraging each other. Sometimes they were meeting with somebody that wasn't saved. If they don't ever come to Celebration Church I know you are going to impact their life. I'm pushing this 
because I fully understand that you've been through so much in your life. You've been through so much. Has anybody ever been through hell so many times you know your way around? <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't go, I've been dragged through hell seven times. It's like, whoa, watch out for that. Yeah, you need to, you need to share with somebody your experiences. And we equip you with that. But we want you to sign up ASAP. Over the next three weeks, we'll work out the details. Number two, first thing for this vision is to reach your friends and family. The second one is finances. Now, if you've been coming to church here for any length of time, you will know that I don't ever, ever, ever talk about finances. I probably should. It's just not my thing, okay? Um, I should because Jesus talked about it more than any other topic when he talked. Um, So I'm just going to hit it real quick, and then we're going to go on to point number three. Um, There is a biblical model for managing your finances, and then there's your model. Um, And so as I share this, uh, you can decide for yourself uh, if that there's going to be three different categories. First category of person is going to look at the biblical model, and they're going to say, man... (laughs) Awesome. I didn't even know there was a biblical model and I was doing that. Awesome. This is awesome. Second person will look at it and say, I didn't know there was a biblical model. Now that I do know, I'm all in. Third person. Yap, yap, yap. Frankie, shut up. Get to point number three. Can we be honest? Can we be honest? And, and it's my job just to put the message out there, and it's your job to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what, what he feels like uh, he, he connects with you, and you need to do what you feel like he wants you to do. Uh, there's nothing more important than following the prompting of God, so I hope you're sensitive to that. Let me share with you. This is the biblical model for managing your own money. Number one is to give your tithes. When you get paid, that is the very first thing you do. 10% of your income goes to the Lord. It's an awesome business arrangement if you look at it this way. You get to keep 90. He keeps 10. Wouldn't you love to have to go up to Steve? Uh, he's almost said Steve Jobs. Uh, if you almost went up to Tim Cook. Um, that's his name, right? Apple guy, CEO, Apple. You can tell this part wasn't on my notes. Wouldn't it be awesome if you went up to a CEO of a company and say, okay, I get 90%, you get 10? That's a great deal. But this is God's way of doing it. Number two, pay your taxes. Now, most of us, including me, I don't pay my taxes. I get my taxes taken. Um, it's like I look at my check. And I'm like, I'm glad you took that, but you got a piece before I did. Um, they just take it. But I want to say this, um, that when they do take it, just realize they, they, didn't take, they didn't go in their proper turn. They were supposed to be second, not first. And so you back up and you find out how much did they take because I got to give God 10% of whatever I make. Um, that, that's number two. Number three, save some. I, I've been, uh, my, my family growing up, uh, we struggled a lot. And uh, I told myself, I said, look, I'm, I'm never going to be broke. And, and there's a, a scripture for this. Um, it, it reads like this. Um, let me find it. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11, dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. 
when you get paid, when your check comes in, you give God what's his, you give the government what's theirs, that's what the Bible says, we give to Caesar who sees. I had a friend of mine that was getting paid under the table and he was laughing all the time, ah, ha, 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 ha. 20 years went by and all of a sudden it caught up from, he is not laughing anymore, it's not a good idea. Give the government what's theirs. Be done with it. The Bible says it. It's biblical. But number two, when you get your money, you stick it, you lift up the mattress of your bed and stick some in there. Not literally your mattress. You understand what I'm saying. It can be a bank, obviously. But stick some. I don't care if it's $5. I don't care if it's $7, $12. Because then you know in your heart of hearts you are not broke. You are not broke. And, and I made up my mind years ago, but even before I knew this was a biblical thing, to save little by little by little. And sometimes we think, oh, it's just a little. It's not worth saving. Little plus little equals a lot. Right? You stick it in there. And there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? And I'm just like, hey, I got some money hiding. It's like playing Monopoly and you stick it under the board. <laughs> Number two. Pay your bills. This is the fourth thing you do is you pay your bills. And then number five, you spend freely. You go buy a million pieces of bubble gum if you want to. This is the biblical way. What a lot of people do is they take number one, give your tithes, and they put it at the bottom. Okay. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to use the theologian Dr. Phil. How's that working out for you? How's that working for you? Let me see if I can illustrate this point before I go to point number three. Anyone want to volunteer? Go ahead and raise your hand. Crystal, you want to volunteer? Renee, I need you to volunteer. Come on up here, Renee. Come on up here. Come on. Don't you love Renee? Don't you do a great job? <laughs> Renee's looking at me like, I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> Actually, did you bring a Bible to church? I didn't. Yes, yes. Here, bring her Bible up here. All right. Doesn't she do a great job on the announcement video? She do such a good job. All right. This is what uh, I want you to do. Um, I want you to give me um, the $40 in your Bible. How long has that been there? I don't know. <laughs> See, what, what she didn't know is when she stepped away from her Bible, we slipped $40 in the Bible. <laughs> so she's standing up here going, I don't want $40. I put $40 in my Bible. In on yeah, she wouldn't, but Charles, you did good, buddy. You did good. <laughs> See, there's things that I knew that... She didn't know. She came up here real nervous because nobody likes standing in front of people if it wasn't planned. So I'm going to let you sit down real quick. Just hold on. Nobody likes to walk into an uncomfortable position. Nobody likes that. It's very nerve-wracking. And then to talk about the most uncomfortable topic in the whole world, or at least in the top three, money. Hey, give me some money. So I got her in like a real awkward position up here. What she doesn't know is that I was already ahead of her. 
I was already ahead of her. I, I already took care. I already took the money and stuck it in there. She had no idea. The only thing she needed to do was just trust me, open up the Bible. It's there. I want to tell you this. I know it's nerve-wracking. I know it's scary. I know you have your own formula and your own way of doing things. What I'm going to ask you to do is to do it the biblical way for three months. For three months until, until January, no, I'm sorry, March 31st. If at March 31st you feel like the biblical model is not meeting your expectations, then stop and go back to your own way, even if that means you stop tithing. I am so confident that you will back up, that you will say to yourself, I should have been doing this my entire life. Are all of your problems going to be fixed? Absolutely not. But what you're going to realize is that God is doing things more than you could do by yourself. And you will see a signature. Is this biblical? Yes. He says, test me in these things. Give Renee a big round of applause, will you? Here, I'll let you. Oh, you got your stuff. Absolutely. The reason why we moved the offering to the end is there is an option within your app for you to be a regular automatic giver. So whether you are out of town, you're not able to come to church, you're an automatic giver. Why is that important? We have so many desires to be a source of strength to people. If it's attached to your attendance, we cannot be as consistent as we want to be. But on a personal level, on your level, recognize this. That the Bible says, test me in these things. I will open up the windows of heaven and bless you. But then he's got a second promise. He says, see if I don't rebuke the devourer for your sake. I didn't say this in the first and second service, so I feel like this is for somebody in the room. See, some of us, we don't need the blessings of heaven opened and bless us. Why? Because God gave us a good job or you don't have financial needs. But what there is, is there's a devourer by your house. Somebody keeps getting sick. The marriage can't ever get better. The kids just are having trouble. The relationships at work are rough. See, there's other issues in life other than finances. But what he's saying is, I'll open up the windows of heaven. You follow the biblical principle. I will bless you. But for those of you that I've already blessed in that category, there is a devourer at some of your houses, and that's more important to you than the finances. I don't know about you, but when there's somebody in your family that's in the hospital, you could care less about a raise. I don't know. I can't say it any better than that. Let's go on to the third point. Number three is to inject faith. So what am I talking about for 2017? Number one, friends and family. Number two, finances. Number three is faith. You see, faith is the substance. It is the, it's, it, 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 let me say it in the New Living Translation, it is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. Sure, sure, I am sure. I can't see it, but I'm sure. I can't see it, but I'm positive it's going to happen. Faith is offensive and defensive. Let me see if I can illustrate it. Um, I got a, a, a shield here, which is an awesome shield. Anyone like Captain America? Come on, Trace. Come on, baby. You like this? I know you like it. All right, so here we go. If you've ever seen Captain America... He will take his shield off 
because he's protecting himself. And then sometimes he'll use it as an offensive weapon and throw it at people. Stand up. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He will throw it at people. It will hit them. And then it comes back. And then he's back to protecting himself again. It's an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon. When your faith is up, you walk into situations saying, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know that God is with me. I don't understand how this is going to happen, but I know God is with me. But even more so, you begin to recognize the weight and the gravitas of the name of Jesus. It's not like Peter or John or Billy or Ralph. No, 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 no. Jesus is the name above all names and everything has to submit to that name. And when you have great, extraordinary faith, you use your faith, which the Bible calls a shield, as an offensive weapon and begin to speak things as if they were, though they may not be. You begin to speak that and you begin to walk in your house and say, okay, there's nobody home. Everybody's gone. You say, Lord, I feel like this is from the Lord because this wasn't in the first or second service. Lord, there may be a spirit of depression in this house. There may be a spirit in this house and and you open up the back door and I've done this before. Get out. Get out. Get out. And let me tell you, you don't even have to be the kind of person that knows the name of the devil. I could care less what the name of the devil is. I ain't care less what the name. I'm not one of those people that's super, you know, the spirit of whatever, whatever, whatever. I could care less. Get out. Get out. I'll open up the window just because I like to be overly dramatic. You don't have, I think they know how to get out. They found their way in. You just stand there. <laughs> boy in the name of Jesus whatever's happening in this house that's not of you get out sickness get out dysfunction get out depression get out I just want to tell you there are some marriages that should be thriving that are not thriving because there's a devourer there you say okay guess what I'm going to follow biblical principles. I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. And it's not a raise that I'm looking for. See, the loneliest people on earth are not single people. They're people who are married and wishing they were single. The loneliest people on the earth are not the people that are sleeping by themselves in the bed. They're the people that are sharing a bed and feel all alone. That's a devourer. Get it out. Get it out. This is, but listen to me. If your faith is low, you, you, you're just kind of hanging on. You, you're just, you, your marriage is hard and you're just hanging on, showing up. I wonder what kind of mood he's in today. Hey, honey. And, and what you did yesterday, she loved. But you do that same thing today, and she gets mad at you. 
hypothetically. I, thought, <laughs> I forgot I wasn't at a men's conference for a second. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Is my wife in here? These are things where our faith has got to be up. So it's a defensive weapon. It's an offensive weapon. It's also a defensive weapon because the Bible says that it protects you from the fiery darts. What are fiery darts? Fiery darts. Is this helping anybody? Fiery darts are thoughts of discouragement, of stress. Don't even try to sell. They're going to say no. Don't even try to do the deal. It's not going to work out. Don't even try. She's going to say no. Don't even try. He's going to say no. Have you looked in the mirror? Look at yourself. Your best days are behind you. You're not pretty. You're not cute. You're not outgoing. Everybody has a better personality than you. These are all fiery darts. He's cheating on you. I felt like that was from the Lord. He's not cheating on you. This is insecurity rising up. That's a fiery dart. And sometimes you open up the door to your house and it's like, there's like a million darts. Discouragement and all this kind of stuff. And and you're trying to be as as, as professional as possible. But in your head you're going, does anyone else want to take a turn? (laughs) Have you ever been there? Everybody's shooting fiery darts. But when you got your faith high, and how do you get your faith high? I'm so glad you asked. By hearing and hearing of the word of God. And that happens two ways. Number one, with me helping you. Right now I'm helping you. But number two, you've got to open up the Bible on your own and read it. Now some of us read it and you think, I don't even know what I read. Read it anyway. Why? Because the Holy Spirit says, I will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Meaning, it's not like geometry. Have you ever sat in high school like, why am I learning a protractor? I'm never going to use this. Learn it, take it, get past the test and be done with it. Okay, so you cram for the protractor. Do they even use protractors anymore? I've been stabbed by a protractor so many times. You, you, pet, you learn the protractor, you pass the test, you forget everything about it. And you feel like that's how the Bible is, so you don't want to read the Bible anymore. The Holy Spirit says, I will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. So right at the right time, something that you read will come back to your remembrance and boom, you begin to operate in a level of wisdom that you didn't have before. Now watch this. I got I to mention the app again. You know the app is free, right? So it's not like the, the app is, is to keep us connected and moving in the right direction. In your app, there's a Bible. So last night... I don't know what the deal was. I went to bed at midnight. It was like 12.01. It was like, Happy New Year. We both went to bed. Boom. I didn't sleep at all. Not one dink, nothing. Zero. So if you think that I'm all over the place right now, I am. (laughs) I haven't slept at all. When I walk off this stage, all the endorphins are going to be gone. I'm going to be like that balloon. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I sat there and I stared at that fan. And so I opened up the app 
And I pick the, the reading plan for that day. Every day has a reading plan. And you just sit there and scroll all the way down to the bottom. Read like five chapters of the Bible. Boom.com. Alldone.com. Open up another book called Heaven. I got I to I gotta recommend this. Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Phenomenal. So I read almost a whole book last night. My point is, <laughs> my point is, oh boy, uh, my point is, is that the Bible is in there, and that's where your faith comes from. Amen. Starting on the 9th of January, we are going to go into a church prayer intensive for 21 days, and it's going to involve a fast. You can do a Daniel's fast, which is just fruits and vegetables. You can fast food all together. You can choose to just do one meal, whatever it is. I'm just going to challenge you to make it sacrificial. Nobody needs to know you're fasting, just you. Why are we doing this? Let me go back over it. It's 2017. We want to be laser focused on our assignment, which is our friends and our family. It's 2017. We want to be dialed in with our finances and do it God's way. Number three, we want to have a level of faith that we've never had before. When we begin to operate at a level of faith that we never have before, we're a step ahead. I'm going to give you one quick example. I was at Subway on Friday. I looked at the person next to me, and it was a guy with, with three kids, and they were just going crazy around him. I've got three kids, so I know what that's like. It's just going crazy around him. I felt like the Spirit of God told me to pay for his food. It wasn't out loud. It was just right down here. I just had this compelling desire to pay for it. That's how the Lord talks to you. He gives you a, a compelling desire. So I was standing there, and I, I looked at him, and I was like, I, I'm in. I'm in. I will totally pay for his food. But you guys have been to Subway before, right? It, people are not into you taking your time. They're standing there like, I don't you want it toasted or not toasted? Just hurry up, right? Everybody just want hurry up. And so it's like an awkward thing. And I'm like, I don't want to tell them, hey, I'm going to buy your food. That's awkward. The people behind me are going to be, I don't care about you buying people's food. Just get out of the way. That's what they're thinking. So I'm standing there and I just said to the Lord in my head, I said, I will, I will, I'll, I'll buy their food. I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. You got to help me figure this out. The Lord saw I was in. I knew it was the Lord. He reaches into his pocket. And he's wrangling his, his kid. His, when you have three kids, it's like keeping kittens on a blanket. It's hard. He reaches into his pocket, takes out his wallet, opens it up. And I look in his wallet and I can see where his credit cards are supposed to be. And the one that he's looking for is not there. He's going all through. He's digging it. He opens up the back for the cash. There's no cash. The sandwiches are made. He starts rubbing his head. And I was like, this is my end. I said, hey, man, I got it today. He goes, man, I got the money. I said, I know you do. I know you do. I said, it happens to all of us. We've all been there. I got it. I got it. What's the point of the story? For that moment in time, I was ahead of what was going on. I was ahead of it. And when your faith is up, your anxiety is low. When your faith is up, your depression is low. Because you are ahead of what's happening. You're ahead. Or 
you have an aerial perspective versus being caught up in all the, the muck and bullets. This is faith. This is how we want to live in 2017. Is anybody with me? Did that, did that help you today?